Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, one who usually rounds out the panel is our friend Stephen Holliday, the deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 2 at Tobacco Center. And he's joined us here on the Oakley Show to uh, give us an appraisal of how the city is handling the crisis. Stephen, how are you holding in personally? Hey, I'm doing okay, John. Uh, I experienced my first video call with my team today, which was kind of lifting my spirits because I've been out of touch with a lot of the people that I normally work with day to day. All right, and so everybody's working from a distance. This whole idea of of distancing, though, I'm kind of curious if uh, it's really working insofar as the city, you know, when they've imposed, and albeit it's just a day in, but playgrounds, parks, dog parks, and parking lots adjacent to, and basketball courts and so on and so forth, now being considered offside and by law, uh, any idea at first blush how this is all working or are people in defiance? Well, uh, I took my son out for a walk today and uh, we passed a local park and I noticed the swing sets were, were tied up uh, and people were not able to use it. But I think there are certain parks in the city where, you know, a lot of people were getting together, including kids playing on the equipment. And I think it raised a lot of eyebrows. So part of this is is maintaining public confidence and sending a clear message that getting people together is not right. And uh, when there are complaints come in from the public, the city has to react to it. And this is a small measure, but um, an important one. And it's a difficult one, right? Nobody wants to close playgrounds, but it's a necessary step. And I don't know how we can send the message any clearer to people that it, 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 it must stop. Otherwise, we are going to be in a whole world of trouble. Well, one way you send a message is you have compliance officers go out there, I guess, uh, you know, by law enforcement, if it's not going to be the police, they might not uh, be fully resourced for the task. But wouldn't that be a way? I mean, just start fining people. I don't know. uh, What did the mayor say? The fines were going to be up to $1,000 or something like that? Well, I I can tell you that councillors received some briefing information on this, and one of the last points on that was it is enforceable by Parks Bylaw officers, and the fine is up to $5,000. All right, so if it's 5K, uh, why are we slow in imposing those fines? Well, I think we're a day into it right now, and, you know, the hope is we don't need to be a police state. Um, we don't need people to go and play on these structures in the dark and try to evade uh, bylaw officers. I think we want people just to comply with it. And the enforcement tool is always there if people don't listen. But let's hope they don't cross the caution tape and parents understand that bringing their kids onto the play structures is a risk. And uh, we don't want this, this disease to jump from children to children and then eventually to their families. Stephen, what about non-essential businesses that are in defiance? Uh, What's the situation? Because that's been in place a little longer than the playground ban that was affected yesterday. 
Yeah, so the city's been providing updates on that, and we know that um, the vast, vast majority of businesses are complying. But uh, there are bylaw officers out there, and there is a concerted effort to address the businesses that just haven't got the message or perhaps have chosen to take their chances. And um, they will come down with enforcement as, as much as they need to make this happen. Yeah, I heard that there were a couple of gyms, I think, that, uh, you know, were breaching the bylaw order here. And uh, I don't know if any fine was levied. I think it's initially a warning. And if they're found to be in breach for a second time, that's when the uh, the fines kick in. On another matter, I've got to ask you about, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern for people uh, living in rental units. And I guess geared to income, if you've got uh, Toronto community housing, not possible to evict, but what happens with, the rent structure as far as those individuals might be concerned and you know if you've got anything to add as far as people you know and uh, getting a break on rent or that's just not doable because you know some small business owners uh, use the revenue from the rent maybe in you know the apartment above their store to make ends meet as well I mean how does the city come into uh, play on the matters of rent? Well, I think rent is a really complicated thing because you're right, John, things are so interconnected. Uh, Landlords rely on the rent to pay the utility bills, to pay their mortgages, to pay the banks. And so you need to see the whole system work together in order to try to provide some relief. And that relief must go down to the tenants. And we heard the mayor talking about that today, that, you know, he was worried that some of these relief packages are coming forward or these relief options are coming forward. And there isn't any clear evidence that the tenant at the end of the day is going to see that. Now, not every tenant is in dire straits, but we do know a lot of people are, are, are in trouble right now with their businesses or their employment. And I think that's going to grow over time. So uh, this is a problem that I think creative minds are looking at trying to tackle. But right now it's an ethical if you're a landlord that's getting a break from your bank and you're a landlord that's uh, being able to defer uh, utility charges or taxes from the city, those savings have to be passed on to the tenants. Conversely, tenants that are in a position to pay should pay their rent. Uh, they don't need to make the system any more fragile than it is. And if you can pay your bill, pay it. But if you can't, have that conversation with your landlord. All right. And so what's the city's position when it comes to utility bills and all the rest? Because a big topic that surfaced here for this program anyway, uh, bill deferrals. Yeah, I I don't uh, see that there has been direction on bill deferrals at this time, but there are a number of programs in place for people that do experience issues in paying their utility bills. They are generally uh, um, angled towards the residential customers. Uh, You can go onto the city's website or you can go onto the utilities website and you can see what's going on. We also know that the Ontario government has implemented some policy changes on the electricity rates to try to make it easier for all of us, you know, self-included, somebody that's working at home running the computer and the lights all day, naturally my power bill is going to go up. So that's uh, appreciated by many. But as things go on and on, um, I think the policies are going to have to evolve with it. And uh, I'm sure the energy sector is thinking about this right now. And remind me again, because I seem to have lost it here in this sort of uh, deluge of information, what's the uh, policy on municipal tax deferral? So the uh, the bills have been deferred for 60 days. So the the, the city is not going to be um, doing their automated withdrawals. They've pushed them. They pushed them out two months, and uh, uh, um, citizens are allowed to defer uh, a payment for those 60 days. If I remember it all correctly, but those details are on the city's website. 
All right. All right. You're right, because it's just been like drinking from a water or a fire hose, rather, because uh, it's just been a real uh, deluge of information. Something else has cropped up as a real consideration. You know, the way this uh, virus is uh, so contagious, the homeless community, because it has uh, struck uh, within, as I understand it, uh, some members of the homeless community. What's the city doing about that whole issue? Yeah, so there were some announcements today, and we know that the shelter system, um, the shelter system managers have been working on this. They've opened up more shelters, and uh, some of them are temporary in nature, and we've learned that some of them are in relation with hotels, and that creates more capacity, so that means that we can space out the shelters and the people inside them. Uh, so that's a helpful thing. We also know that there is a special uh, shelter category for people that go into isolation when they suspect that they have COVID and they're waiting for test results. And finally, we understand that there's, I think it's about a 400-bed shelter that's uh, being put together right now to be a recovery center for those that have tested positive. And that way you can put the people together that are sick uh, and give them a chance to recover in, in, a, in a supported environment with access to health care. And not to get too far out in front of this, um, Final question now, because we're talking about the shelter capacity in the city of Toronto, we've often discussed it, a lot of people losing their jobs. Are you anticipating there's going to be a real spike in the need for these homeless shelters to house some people in a real precarious position? Well, it's it's hard to say um, because we're still early in seeing all this unfold. Uh, you know, look, as a citizen of the country, I'm, I'm looking to our federal government who are sending some supports out for people that uh, are unemployed. Uh, we know there's new benefits that have been announced by Mr. Trudeau this week. So hopefully that's going to tie people over and, uh, you know, there's opportunities for to, to defer rent and taxes and those sort of things. So we hope people aren't going to slip into homelessness. We also know that the border traffic has stabilized uh, because the, the, the um, unofficial crossing uh, has stopped. And so those, some of those sources uh, for homeless uh, people coming to the city are, are now less. So fingers crossed, let's hope there isn't a surge. But if there is, um, the city is going to take the steps to do what's right. And, you know, we'll, we'll expand the system as needed. Interesting that there's actually, uh, it's a perceptible change in the stresses on the system, uh, the shelter system, because the border has been closed at Roxham Road in southwestern Quebec. Well, I can't say for sure with the numbers, and it's still very early, but um, one one knows that the uh, the refugees coming over there were a driver to the use of the shelter system. We've seen those numbers before, and we've seen those in reports. So um, with that closing off, um, I can only hope that uh, that is one less pressure that's put on the system. Amen to that. I appreciate you joining us, Stephen, uh, under these circumstances. We'll have to do it in studio before too long. Hopefully that'll all come back into uh, play as a sense of normalcy. You stay healthy and we'll talk down the road. Thanks, John. Looking forward to seeing you. All right. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor and Counselor for Ward 2 at Tobacco Centre, usually part of our Thursday panel, which uh, we'll get to in just a few moments, topics worthy of discussion. This is the biggie, obviously, the COVID and everything that that engenders. To the point earlier today, you know, Doug Ford was livid 
just beside himself in his presser when somebody pointed out that at Pusateri's they were charging 30 bucks for Lysol disinfecting wipes. Now, I I know it's a gourmet shop, but you don't have gourmet disinfectant wipes. 30 bucks. They were shamed uh, into offering a retraction and apology real fast, uh, but still Ford was saying anybody caught gouging is uh, going to meet fire and brimstone, so to speak. So we've got this issue of uh, rent forgiveness, bill deferral, credit card rates have also come up. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.